0: Chapter six of the Mayor of Casterbridge by Thomas Hardy. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Bruce Peary. Chapter six. Now the group outside the window had within the last few minutes been reinforced by new arrivals, some of them respectable shopkeepers and their assistants, who had come out for a whiff of air after putting up the shutters for the night, some of them of the lower class distinct from either there appeared a stranger a young man of remarkably pleasant aspect who carried in his hand a carpet-bag of the smart floral pattern prevalent in such articles at that time he was ruddy and of a fair countenance bright-eyed and slight in build he might possibly have passed by without stopping at all or at most for half a minute to glance in at the scene had not his advent coincided with the discussion on corn and bread in which event this history had never been enacted but the subject seemed to arrest him and he whispered some inquiries of the other bystanders and remained listening when he heard henchard's closing words it can't be done he smiled impulsively drew out his pocket-book and wrote down a few words by the aid of the light in the window he tore out the leaf folded and directed it and seemed about to throw it in through the open sash upon the dining-table but on second thoughts edged himself through the loiterers till he reached the door of the hotel where one of the waiters who had been serving inside was now idly leaning against the door-post give this to the mayor at once he said handing in his hasty note elizabeth jane had seen his movements and heard the words which attracted her both by their subject and by their accent a strange one for those parts it was quaint and northerly the waiter took the note while the young stranger continued and can you tell me of a respectable hotel that's a little more moderate than this the waiter glanced indifferently up and down the street they say the three mariners just below here is a very good place he languidly answered but i have never stayed there myself The Scotchman, as he seemed to be, thanked him and strolled on in the direction of the three mariners aforesaid, apparently more concerned about the question of an inn than about the fate of his note, now that the momentary impulse of writing it was over. While he was disappearing slowly down the street, the waiter left the door, and Elizabeth Jane saw, with some interest, the note brought into the dining-room and handed to the Mayor henchard looked at it carelessly unfolded it with one hand and glanced it through thereupon it was curious to note an unexpected effect the nettled clouded aspect which had held possession of his face since the subject of his corn dealings had been broached changed itself into one of arrested attention he read the note slowly and fell into thought not moody but fitfully intense as that of a man who has been captured by an idea by this time toasts and speeches had given place to songs the wheat subject being quite forgotten men were putting their heads together in twos and threes telling good stories with pantomimic laughter which reached convulsive grimace some were beginning to look as if they did not know how they had come there what they had come for or how they were going to get home again and provisionally sat on with a dazed smile square-built men showed a tendency to become hunchbacks men with a dignified presence lost it in a curious obliquity of figure in which their features grew disarranged and one-sided whilst the heads of a few who had dined with extreme thoroughness were somehow sinking into their shoulders the corners of their mouth and eyes being bent upwards by the subsidence Only Henchard did not conform to these flexuous changes. He remained stately and vertical, silently thinking. The clock struck nine. Elizabeth Jane turned to her companion. The evening is drawing on, mother, she said. What do you propose to do? She was surprised to find how irresolute her mother had become. We must get a place to lie down in, she murmured. I have seen- Mr. Henchard, and that's all I wanted to do." "'That's enough for to-night, at any rate,' Elizabeth Jane replied soothingly. "'We can think to-morrow what is best to do about him. The question now is, is it not, how shall we find a lodging?' As her mother did not reply, Elizabeth Jane's mind reverted to the words of the waiter, that the Three Mariners was an inn of moderate charges. A recommendation good for one person was probably good for another. "'Let's go where the young man has gone to,' she said. "'He is respectable. What do you say?' Her mother assented, and down the street they went. In the meantime the mayor's thoughtfulness, engendered by the note, as stated, continued to hold him in abstraction, till, whispering to his neighbor to take his place, he found opportunity to leave the chair. This was just after the departure of his wife and Elizabeth. Outside the door of the assembly-room he saw the waiter, and, beckoning to him, asked who had brought the note which had been handed in a quarter of an hour before. A young man, sir, a sort of traveller. He was a Scotchman, seemingly. Did he say how he had got it? He wrote it himself, sir, as he stood outside the window. Oh, wrote it himself. Is the young man in the hotel? No, sir, he went to the Three Mariners, I believe. The mayor walked up and down the vestibule of the hotel with his hands under his coat-tails, as if he were merely seeking a cooler atmosphere than that of the room he had quitted. But there could be no doubt that he was in reality still possessed to the full by the new idea, whatever that might be. At length he went back to the door of the dining-room. Paused, and found that the songs, toasts, and conversation were proceeding quite satisfactorily without his presence. The corporation, private residents, and major and minor tradesmen had, in fact, gone in for comforting beverages to such an extent that they had quite forgotten, not only the mayor, but all those vast political, religious, and social differences which they felt necessary to maintain in the daytime, and which separated them like iron grills. Seeing this, the mayor took his hat, and when the waiter had helped him on with a thin holland overcoat, went out and stood under the portico. Very few persons were now in the street, and his eyes, by a sort of attraction, turned and dwelt upon a spot about a hundred yards further down. It was the house to which the writer of the note had gone, the three mariners, whose two prominent Elizabethan gables, window and passage-light could be seen from where he stood having kept his eyes on it for a while he strolled in that direction this ancient house of accommodation for man and beast now unfortunately pulled down was built of mellow sandstone with mullioned windows of the same material markedly out of perpendicular from the settlement of foundations the bay window projecting into the street whose interior was so popular among the frequenters of the inn was closed with shutters in each of which appeared a heart-shaped aperture somewhat more attenuated in the right and left ventricles than is seen in nature inside these illuminated holes at a distance of about three inches were ranged at this hour as every passer knew the ruddy poles of billy wills the glazier smart the shoemaker buzzford the general dealer and others of a secondary set of worthies of a grade somewhat below that of the diners at the king's arms each with his yard of clay a four-centred tudor arch was over the entrance and over the arch the signboard now visible in the rays of an opposite lamp hereon the mariners who had been represented by the artist as persons of two dimensions only in other words flat as a shadow were standing in a row in paralyzed attitudes being on the sunny side of the street the three comrades had suffered largely from warping splitting fading and shrinkage so that they were but a half invisible film upon the reality of the grain and knots and nails which composed the signboard as a matter of fact this state of things was not so much owing to stanage the landlord's neglect as from the lack of a painter in casterbridge who would undertake to reproduce the features of men so traditional a long narrow dimly lit passage gave access to the inn within which passage the horses going to their stalls at the back and the coming and departing human guests rubbed shoulders indiscriminately the latter running no slight risk of having their toes trodden upon by the animals the good stabling and the good ale of the mariners though somewhat difficult to reach on account of their being but this narrow way to both were nevertheless perseveringly sought out by the sagacious old heads who knew what was what in casterbridge henchard stood without the inn for a few instants Then, lowering the dignity of his presence as much as possible by buttoning the brown holland coat over his shirt front, and in other ways toning himself down to his ordinary everyday appearance, he entered the inn door chapter six